I'm Christine. And my name is Keith. And this is your favorite Canadian podcast. A podcast this season, this series, about uh, your favorite Canadian actor. It has been a fun ride thus far. This is episode six. Today we have for you three face-offs involving six of your favorite Canadian actors and uh, six members of our panel slash host group will be presenting one of each. And uh, we have results from two face-offs from episode fiver. So uh, it's going to be uh, going to be an interesting one. So uh, Keith, I'd actually really like to get straight into the results if we can do that from last week, because I'm really curious uh, to know how this worked out. Absolutely. Um, interesting thing. We had some spirited debates uh, last week. We were probably our, our, our hottest conversations where Mark advocated for Leslie Nielsen and Dan for Jim Carrey and then Heather for Jay Baruchel and myself for Raymond Burr. So the polls this time were available on facebook.com slash favecanpod and Twitter at favecanpod. And that is spelled F-A-V-E-C-A-N-P-O-D. We also had our email open for uh, voting as well. Didn't get any through the email, which makes it nice and easy for me. So <laughs> it's off for me. Our email is favecanpod at gmail.com. So results. Um, yeah. One of them was extremely close. One of them was a complete blowout. Um, so combining the results from our Facebook and Twitter polls, uh, Leslie Nielsen versus Jim Carrey was a score of 31 to 6 in favor of Leslie Nielsen. Yes. Wow. Reaction to that, reaction to that guys. That I, I, yeah, I do too, but I'm just curious. That is a, a, that's a blowout. What are you thinking about that one, guys? I didn't expect it to be that. I did expect Nielsen to win, mm-hmm. but I thought it might be like not super close, but not that much of a blowout. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Completely, completely shocking for me. I did not expect that victory, let alone the blowout that mm-hmm. uh, that occurred. Mm. I just no, feel uh, maybe the quality of the presenters might have had a, a hand <laughs> in the landslide. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I think that Jim, like, and this goes back to my argument, I think the man's been given a bum rap for, and also... I tell you, Dan, do I don't acting. agree with that at all. Like he's he's won awards Bum for rap. his work, his dramatic work. I don't think he's being penalized for being a comedic actor. Uh, I well, do not believe that. And it's also like <laughs> it's sort of like some of the things that he did afterwards. I told my brother about the podcast and I told him who I was defending. <laughs> and he said to me, and I quote, You defended Jim Carrey? Didn't he go full Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, he got a beard. He thinks he's the Messiah or something. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> but he has this reputation now of being this over-the-top kind of – I think that damaged his reputation. But And, and one thing I, I wanted to ask you about, Dan, was was I wonder how many votes for Nielsen were actually votes against Carrie because he's such a polarizing figure, you know? Right. Well, that is what. Yeah, that's the same theory why why Trump won the election, right? It was votes against Clinton, and yes. that's you're right. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen is definitely the Donald <laughs> Trump of this. You're right. 
No. <laughs> uh, no, I think he's he is the one of the most beloved Canadian actors of all time. It was it was a Goliath. Uh, I David came up short this time, though. No. So yeah, what yeah, can you do? No, for sure. I, mean, I, yeah. I don't think it's on Carrie. Yeah, Leslie no. Nielsen. I also you know. love Leslie Nielsen. Right? I, yeah, yeah. He's Everyone one of my does. favorite. Yeah. And that's the funny part of this is that we are, especially as the show goes on, we are going to have to, uh, as they say in the writing business, kill your babies. You know, you, mm-hmm. you will be talking against somebody who uh, who you, you are near and dear to or who is near and dear to you. Yeah. <laughs> Donald <laughs> Southern doesn't give a shit who I am. <laughs> yeah. No, this also makes me 0 for 2. So... Oh shit! Yeah, I'm not really that competitive of a person, but I'm taking it personally now. <laughs> you are a Habs fan. You should be used to this. Right? Oh, oh, I, I, oh. <laughs> unreal. Okay, I pity whoever's up against you next, Dan. <laughs> that's, that's you. <laughs> oh, right. Ah, I crushed you last time. I can do it again. <laughs> Our second, our second poll was far closer, actually closer than I thought it would be. Um, and it's uh, Raymond Burr versus Jay Baruchel. And uh, what we're looking at here is 12 to 10 victory for Mr. Raymond Burr. Ooh. <laughs> wow. That, okay. That pleases me. Yeah. It, I'm, yeah <laughs> Unlike the other one, that was much closer than I expected it to be. <laughs> I Wait, thought Baruchel was going to walk away with that one. Yeah, and he was he, ahead, right? On the Facebook poll, yes, he never lost. He was never losing in face in Facebook land, but uh, on Twitter, it went more towards Raymond Burr on that one. So uh, I think it kind of says something about our audience. Like I think that our audience is maybe more like classical. I was about to say, like, how are like, my how are my dead grandparents listening to this show <laughs> voting for Raymond Burr? How did they well, I just, yeah, buttons. I don't know. I just think our audience are more like, how could I say this? Me? I don't, I don't mean it in a bad <laughs> way. Yeah, they're more like Keith, basically. Well, the funny more part cultured. is the first six votes for Raymond Burr were members of my family. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that. Okay, yeah. making sense now. Yeah. But, yeah. but, I mean... The, the, the other fairness. six, did they come way of telegram? <laughs> <laughs> your mouse just starts bouncing on your... Oh, my God. Well, the, the thing is, and the thing I know about Raymond Burr is, you know, he does have the Godzilla thing behind him. Which uh, which does get him some cred with some younger folk who are who are into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I actually I didn't know how that one was gonna go. Um, but yeah, twelve to ten was a lot closer than I than I. I don't it's know. an exercise in democracy to see a vote that close and see how much your vote matters. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you see um, the uh, the uh, trailer for the new slick Perry Mason? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch it, and I actually noticed I was watching the uh, I was watching one of the protests in the states, and there was this big giant poster for Perry Mason, and I was like, "What the hell's going on here?" It was in the background, and I was like, "This is this is interesting." Hmm. Um, so I'm I, I'm eager to see this new show. I know they did a remake in the seventies that was mm-hmm. dreadful. So yeah, that's that's where we're at, and of course Jim Carrey and Jay Baruchel will go back into the uh, wild card. It sends Raymond Burr and uh, Leslie Nielsen on to the next round, 
So yeah, uh, we have some face-offs tonight. What are we thinking, guys? And everyone ready to rock? Yes. yes. Yep. I am. I am actually okay. nervous to, <laughs> to to have to present against Melanie. If I'm being totally honest, but our, our matchups tonight, you're oh, nervous yeah. too. <laughs> I'm nervous as well. Yes, also for two reasons. It's Martin Short, mm-hmm. and I'm going up against Matt, who I I'm concerned will be more entertaining than me. I <laughs> <laughs> will get votes just based on that. So I don't know if I mentioned this, but I watched Total Recall the other day, and uh, yeah, Matt, you might have been onto something. He was tremendous in that uh, Michael Ironside. It's remarkable just how uh, palatable your dislike for him becomes uh, over yeah. the course of the <laughs> film. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it was like, oh, there he is. <laughs> and and he, Yeah, it's weird because, you know, you know what he's doing. He's obviously pretending and acting, but... Uh, or is he? Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, very strange thing. Um, right. It's uh, I don't know. Michael Michael Ironside is that uh, like that? It's, it's like that ex girlfriend I have to walk away from. <laughs> Hard, but I know I have to. It's gone. It's yeah. over. You know she's bad for you, but she makes you feel so much. I don't. You know he should be here. He should be here still. It doesn't matter. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with our first face to face, which is uh, Dan presenting Lauren Green and Mark presenting Emily Sue Anderson. I can't believe this matchup. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we're back. <laughs> Sure. Our first uh, face-off tonight will be, as said, uh, Dan versus Mark, and it's uh, Lorne Green versus Pamela Anderson, a uh, contrast of everything. Um, so uh, either of you guys want to want to go first, or will we have to appoint? I can go first. All right. That's Mark. All right. All right, Mark. Tell us about Pamela Sue. So, uh, Pamela Anderson, uh, probably, I guess, one of the biggest Canadian celebrities of the 90s, easily, and the 2000s. Not always for the the best things, but we'll stick to the acting things, because that's what we're talking about here. I got her start, I think, on Tool, or, well, on Tool Time, on Home Improvement as Lisa, and then uh, quickly transitioned to C.J. Parker of Baywatch, which really rocketed her to a considerable amount of fame. Um, she uh, then went on to become kind of almost like she started parodying, parody, parodying herself uh, in a celebrity sort of fashion, doing a little more like satire type stuff. Um, VIP was probably a personal favorite of mine. Uh, she took a lot of shots at like her own image and celebrity culture and had a pretty good time with that. Showed some pretty, pretty decent self-awareness in that one. And it's, it's better than one would think just from having a quick view of it. Uh, she also had, a some, uh, I believe it was barbed wire. It was, uh, I think it was loosely based on Casablanca actually, which one wouldn't expect upon first viewing. Um, yeah, the uh, Marilyn Monroe of the 90s, if you will. She was very much, you know, an iconic 
um, you know, the blonde bombshell. Uh, and I'm pretty sure you could go anywhere in the world and they would have some idea of who she is. Um, remember, this isn't Canada's best actor. This is Canada's favorite actor. So you may have your own reasons for loving Pamela Anderson, and those are valid as long as you decide to vote. Thank you very much, Mark. Yeah. Uh, we're going to jump right to Dan, and then we'll have sort of a, a little scrum afterwards about like both it. the nominees. Dan, tell us about Lauren Green. Um, yeah, I'll just jump right into it. Um, <clears throat> I think everyone on this panel will agree that if you could make sweet love to anyone, it would be of our nominees, it would be Pam Anderson. But if you could make sweet love to anyone's voice, it would be Lauren Green. He is um, – that's <laughs> that's my pitch. <laughs> he actually got his start – oh, by the way, he's from Ottawa, Ontario. I think he's our first Ottawaian. I don't know if it's – or on Ottawa Tonian uh, on, the, uh, on the show. Um, and he started out – actually, during World War II, he was known as the Voice of Canada. He worked uh, with the Canadian Air Force. Um, and he used to actually do the reports from Europe to Canada, and actually a lot of it. Un he unfortunately got a, a, a unfortunate nickname as the Voice of, of Doom. Don't hold it against him because he was often reporting on uh, very serious um, battles and casualties from Canada. But he became really well known um, as for his his smooth baritones and his seriousness and his voice um, after the war, serving in the. Uh, with the Air Force, he came back to Canada, um, continued in radio, and then eventually, in 1959, got his biggest break ever as an actor and starred as Ben Cartwright on Bonanza. And that show aired – I had, hadn't realized how long it was on. It ran from 1959 to 1973, which is pretty crazy. Um, it was um, his best role. And the role he's most known for, he kind of became like, you know, an American uh, dad icon. And um, he later kind of got typecast and a lot of stuff that he did afterwards. Even his uh, um, uh, General Adama in Battlestar Galactica was also like this really kind, wise father figure. Uh, I think uh, he also had a cameo with uh, Michael Landon on Highway to Heaven. He came back and was once again like a really nice, kind, wise father figure, and he nailed that role. And then later, um, after he was done um, killing it in America on television, he came back to Canada. And this was actually where I first got to know Lauren Green as a kid. I used to watch Lauren Green's New Wilderness. It was on CBC all the time, and it was just these great footage of this, you know, like – jackals running from lions and stuff and then that smooth baritone voice I could just wrap myself in coming up just explaining everything that was and uh what was going on and he was a real conservationist a great guy and uh not only was the voice of canada he also has the order of canada all-round fine human being and hey Millerson seems nice but she's no lauren that's it <laughs> i think it's interesting with these two nominees that neither of them are particularly known for for one thing i mean pamela anderson certainly has her Baywatch as her mm -hmm. hallmark as lauren green does with his uh with bonanza 
However, I mean, they do have several projects that are, you know, for anyone else would have been equally notable. Yeah, yeah, they had like Lauren Green had like several different careers, and it's it's so it's fitting that you know he started out with these World War II broadcasts, sending the you know the voice of Canada, and kind of became full circle and became the voice of lions and tigers and bears, I guess. And he he just and that and that's and that was sort of like the the whole thing that I that I really liked about him was that although he made a ton of money. Um, he never really lost his roots in what he was really good at, which was, you know, as an orator. And he came right. I mean, I'm, I can't imagine Lauren Green's New Wilderness made a ton of money. It was a CBC show that basically had him reading over stock footage. It's really, um, but it was really interesting. I think that's one thing that they, uh, or two things that they have in common: Pamela Anderson and Lauren Green. Uh, one, they've been largely typecast. Uh, for very specific roles. And two, they've both had a number of careers. Like mm -hmm. Pamela Anderson got started as a model and then went on to become a big TV star and then sort of worked her way into movies like, you know, Barbara Wire and Borat and all that. And also became kind of like just a professional celebrity when that was like really a thing in the late mm -hmm. 90s, early 2000s that became like a really big deal. And uh, she's also done a lot of work with... Um, uh, you know, animal rights and stuff like that. Yeah. Some of which has been controversial, but that's right. Yeah, she briefly yeah. had a reality show as well, like very briefly. Oh, really? I think yeah. so. Yeah, it was like one season, maybe or something, like her and her sons or something. Oh, okay, hmm. but it's interesting. Both are TV stars. Like you can say yeah. they did movies, but hmm. either one uh, yeah, Lauren. I was looking at it, he. He did the Battlestar Galactica 1980 film, which I think they, I believe they would have done it after the TV show, right? Um, but I didn't really find a lot of film work. And I think Pamela Anderson, too, she basically just did cameos of herself. Like we, someone had mentioned earlier the, the Borat movie. Yeah. Um, and I think she might have been like in a couple of comedies or something, but it's always as her, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, like well, there's Barbara Dwyer and uh, what was uh, Blonde and Blonder, I think, sort of a dumb uh, yes, and dumber it, send up. And Blonde and Blonder. If we may mention also Snapdragon. Uh, <laughs> Snapdragon is a. Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure if it hit theaters uh, or if it was a straight to VHS release uh, in the '90s. <laughs> but uh, anybody who remembers fine 90s cinema will know that erotic thrillers were a popping genre and mm -hmm. this was uh, in the upper echelon of 90s erotic thriller vhs cassettes mm -hmm. pamela anderson is always aware of herself i really mm -hmm. believe that and i mm -hmm. respect her a yeah. great deal Matt? Uh, i yes what was our kindle in that one <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I believe Art Hindle might have made it. Yeah, he's a Halifax-born. He's uh, yeah, one of our of... own. Art Hindle yep. is one of our own. And uh, might I add, uh, I know we all submit three nominees. Art Hindle was my fourth nominee <laughs> for favorite Canadian. <laughs> Sorry, Melanie, we interrupted you four times, I think. Go ahead. Oh. Um, no, I was going to say that I, I think Pam Anderson as well was in a very short-lived comedy i think probably on fox 
where she played a busty librarian and the title yes. was Stacked. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, they... I didn't watch it. I just remember the synopsis and okay. the title, and I don't think it lasted very long. But they, yeah. they filmed a full season, but I don't know if the whole season even aired, actually. Yeah. You know, Brilliant title. <laughs> they put it in the vault? They just buried it? Yeah. They're like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the same thing happened with Lauren Green's New Wilderness when they did the uh, the seal hunt episode. <laughs> <laughs> a third Sorry. thing they have in common. Yeah. yeah. And that aired for a Sorry, long Pam. time as well. Yeah, One thing about Bonanza, too. Mm-hmm. Bonanza was canceled because not because ratings were uh, I mean ratings were dropping but I mean Dan Blocker had died Michael Landon wanted to go on mm-hmm. Pernell Roberts had already left it, it, I mean Bonanza could still be airing <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's right yeah Michael Landon was like the kid in, yeah. in like 1959 and then he was like oh, Crow Man is 30s or whatever they're still calling him Little Joey or something like little that Joe, Little Joe yeah and it was and, just and apparently yeah. they all they all wore wigs all the men Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, interesting. I was a Bonanza fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so shall we go on to our second face-off? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have our uh, Battle of the yeah. Notebook. The Battle of the Notebook, and we have a <laughs> debut presentation. Ex-lovers. Yeah. What was that? We have a ex-lovers. debut presentation. And ex-lovers. You're absolutely right. I was talking about oh. Melanie. <laughs> can, for those of us who have not seen the notebook, can we get a quick summary? Why haven't you seen it? What's wrong with you? Do you not I don't, have a heart? I don't have a heart. It's, it's, I'm literally the Tin Man. I don't um, know if you could get a summary without spoiling it. Like, it's really yeah. hard to summarize it oh, without... Oh, well, let's be clear. I'll never watch it. love story. I will never watch it. Some of our listeners it's might, though. Delightful. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see, I see. Yeah. Let's not I'll be just, that guy. I'll just look it up on Wikipedia. I haven't seen it either. I did, however, read the synopsis many times on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. My my husband one time walked in on me. I was a like uh, like bottle deep into drinking wine, uh, <laughs> watching the notebook and sobbing oh. Oh, on a Friday night. And he walked into the living room and just immediately turned around and left. Mm. <laughs> Very wise. Just to let you have this moment yeah. and enjoy that. That's your you time. That's right. Absolutely. My wife is quite the fan of Nicholas Sparks, so we have very different tastes when it comes to that sort of stuff. <laughs> watch the notebook. It's good. It really is. Well, you should it's... watch it. Just watch it. Don't. I'm reading about it, as... it right now. As as it. as a the a fella here, I, I have watched it as well, and it's not bad. I've been subjected to some romantic. It's not even a comedy. It's just like a romantic drama, I guess. There's a yeah. Subject. I wouldn't say it's, it's a nice funny. story. Yeah, it's it's yeah. cute. It's not funny. It makes but me it's, feel things. It does. Yeah. And the, oh, no. the just want a mo- movie for eyes, some catharsis. Helps. Yes. Now you guys know something oh, is very f- charming. Fried Green Tomatoes is one of my favorite movies of all time. So I mean, I'm not agreed. Object to that genre. I remember that movie, and I have not seen it since I was a kid. So we should do a socially distanced viewing of Fried Green Tomatoes. I would love that. I just remember that one part where the old lady returns to where her house was, and she's sitting in the road on her suitcase. And she's like, oh, it used to be here. And every time I think about that scene, it destroys me. And that's literally mm. the only part of that movie I remember. We should team yeah. live tweet this. 
Okay. The, we'll yeah. wa- watch along. All right. Oh, it's a lo- lovely movie. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Battle of the Notebook brought to you by your favorite Canadian and uh, Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Christine presenting uh, or Rachel McAdams and Melanie presenting one of her original three nominees, Ryan Gosling. Now, who uh, do we remember who nominated Rachel McAdams? Uh, one of our listeners. Ah, excellent. No. No, yes, yeah, no, one of our listeners, but it was on Matt's fourth. It would be hilarious if it was just me and I've forgotten because it's been a while, but. (laughs) No, it was on one of Matt's lists, uh, long lists. Um, He explained, I think, in episode four why she was there. Um, Mm. It was a pragmatic choice more than a, it was a head (laughs) choice, not a heart choice. But, uh, yeah, so uh, who's up first here, Christine or Matt? I think that's me. All right, Christine. For Rachel McAdams. All right, here we go. So, um, so Rachel McAdams has worked in theater, film, and television. Um, she graduated from York University after growing up in London, Ontario. She, um, so she has a degree in theater, but basically dove immediately into a pretty successful film career. Uh, so in 2002, she uh, was featured in Perfect Pie, which is an adaptation of a Judith Thompson play um who's a canadian playwright i feel like that's like some canadian cred for her there but uh very quickly uh moved on to the hot chick with rob schneider not my cup of tea personally but um for her second big film out or maybe first first big film out actually um opened at number five on the box at the box office so that's not too bad uh turn there Um, And then quickly into uh, The Notebook with Ryan Gosling, which again, we were just discussing um, this this whole matchup. But, you know, I I think I thought a really beautiful performance from her. If you look at some of her, if you look at some of her screen tests for that film, it seems to me like she just kind of came in and really knocked it out of the park. And that's what a lot of interviews about that film have said about her as well. Um, She also actually, prior to The Notebook, uh, did a season of Slings and Arrows. Again, a little more Canadian content for us there. So uh, I remember actually seeing her in Slings and Arrows after The Notebook came out. Um, but there's this, uh, to me, there's something about Rachel McAdams that when she just, she appears on screen and she's just so charming and kind of, I feel, has has that sort of it factor that people say they can't really describe a lot. But she also, you know, she appears in fil- comedic films. She appears in dramatic roles. I do feel like she's a pretty versatile actor. And while I would probably put her more in the dramatic camp, um, typically she goes toe-to-toe with a lot of um, really great comedic actors. Um, she was in Wedding Crashers in 2005 um, with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Uh, most more recently, she was um, uh, starred with Jason Bateman in Game Night, which I just watched a few days ago, and I personally thought it was hilarious. Way more violent than I was expecting, but <laughs> overall, really enjoyed the twists and turns. And I think when you can um, meet someone and roll with somebody like Jason Bateman, who's like so dry and sarcastic, I just found the the pairing of the two of them really enjoyable. And I feel like she's an actor who um, can create chemistry with a lot of different people. So I enjoy watching her on screen in those sorts sorts of roles. Uh, so she did take a break, a bit of a break from acting in 2006, 2007, uh, supposedly to kind of reset. She wasn't a person who I guess 
really expected to dive in and become as successful as quickly as um, as she did. So she did, took a little bit of a break. But other than that, she's she's put out a minimum of one movie almost every year since 2002. Um, and in some cases, like three or four titles she's been involved in um, in, in a given year. So um, so that's a little bit of the film history. Hopefully she will come back for another round at all. We'll tell you a little bit more about it then. Um, she's also a you know, supporter of environmental activism. Um, I believe she's still living between Toronto and Los Angeles. She was quoted at some point as saying that um, uh, she still cycles when she is in, in Toronto to get around, not so much in LA. She hasn't really returned to the theater with the exception of, I think, one turn in the vagina monologues in support of a V-Day campaign. Um, other than that, mostly sticking to film and television. She did come back to TV in True Detective and did uh, an arc of, I think, about eight episodes in that show. That was in 2015. So, um, so yeah, lots of film, lots of television. I listened to an interview with her from, I think, 2018 uh, with with BBC Radio, where she joked that she would happily get into ad, ad radio uh, productions to that. So I don't know. I know a few people who perhaps have some audio dramas available. Rachel, if you're listening, please contact us. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I think I just really enjoy her performances. She seems very focused mostly on the on the work. She's a pretty private person. She doesn't really have social media. Um, and I really think she's rose to prominence, you know, based on just her talent and work ethic alone and being um, recommended by um, uh, really well-known successful actors like Diane Keaton, for example, who recommended her to Woody Allen. Um, so I think it's it's really her work that's gotten her where she is, uh, along with maybe a couple of other things like charm and good looks. I'm not going to discount that, but um, but largely I think uh, you know it seems like she's a good person. She's come across as a good person to work with. Really committed to that work and not here because of all of her fancy popular internet memes. <laughs> Melanie, can you tell us a little bit about Ryan Gosling? I would love to. Uh, Ryan Gosling uh, is from Ontario. Uh, I believe it, uh, he was born in London, Ontario. Um, you know, not the cool one. Um, uh, born in 1980. He got his start on the Mickey Mouse Club. He was the preteen when he auditioned for it. Uh, got a contract. Uh, was a Mouseketeer alongside people like Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera, uh, Britney Bitch. Uh, and a bunch of other people that may have gone on to other things or probably most likely did not. Um, he was in a bunch of other stuff that I didn't watch, but he was in Breaker High, which I definitely did watch because it was the ultimate high school fantasy where it's just a class of mostly really good looking people on a, like a cruise ship. And that's their school. So not like a working like tall ship or something where they're actually learning how to like sail a ship. No, they're just on like a yacht. And then they just go around and I guess do school, but you know, mostly just make out and stuff. So he was on that and he played kind of this, he played this nerdy guy. And I remember watching that show and Ryan Gosling's character just remind me of some people like I knew and was like, oh, he's such like a nerdy guy. So it's really funny to think that now he's such a, like a dreamboat. Um, he was also on Young Hercules, which I forgot about until today. 
but his breakout role was in 2004, The Notebook, which we've already uh, talked a lot about with uh, Rachel McAdams. What's interesting is I had heard that when he, um, the reason why he was chosen for The Notebook is because they wanted a guy that wasn't really conventionally good looking or, you know, hot. Like they didn't want a leading man that I guess was already a leading man. Um, they wanted somebody that was kind of average, a little dorky. So they went with young Hercules and yeah. And so what's so interesting about it is now he's just, I mean, yeah, it's Ryan Gosling. Like he's, he's a hottie. Can I say that? I'm almost 40. Can I use that word? Um, but yeah, he's a hot guy. Um, he, uh, uh, he played a drug-addicted teacher a couple of years later in Half Nelson, and he was nominated for his first Oscar at that point. Uh, he was nominated for another Oscar, um, but uh, ended up winning a Golden Globe for his role in La La Land alongside Emma Stone, whom he had previously worked with in uh, Crazy Stupid Love. And all I remember about that movie um, is the scene where he takes off his shirt and Emma Stone comments that it looks like he was carved out of marble. Um, what else? Uh, he's done, so he's done everything from romantic comedies to dark dramas like Blue Valentine, which is a really depressing movie, but really, really, really well acted. Uh, quirky movies like Lars and the Real Girl, where he plays this sort of like very introverted kind of um, quiet guy who falls in love with uh, a sex doll. Um, and then two more blockbustery type dramas like First Man, which I just watched and was pleasantly surprised by. My husband and I were thinking about watching the movie. And First Man had a lot of good reviews, but neither of us really want we know what happens right so i didn't know how um heart stopping and thrilling this movie was going to be because the the trailer makes it seem really really in, intense and it kind of sets you up to think like oh something bad's going to happen but you know right like they made it to the moon everything was fine unless you're one of those people who don't believe that sort of thing and but uh, anyway, the movie is really, really good uh, in no small part because of his performance. He's just fantastic. Um, uh, Ryan Gosling, he dated fellow nominee and uh, Canadian um, uh, fellow nominee and Canadian Rachel McAdams for several years. They were sort of like ideal Canadian Hollywood couple I think that everybody wanted to see, you know, get married and stay together forever. Uh, they did not. They started dating Eva Mendez, who is a total uh, knockout, and I think he married up. I think Ryan Gosling is a good-looking guy, but he married up. Eva Mendez is beautiful. So they've been together, uh, I think, since 2011. They have two beautiful daughters together. Um, but otherwise, we don't really know much about his family life, and I think that's one of the things that makes Ryan Gosling um, and a lot of some of the other nominees really appealing is that they seem like really down-to-earth, humble people, which I think is very much a Canadian value, and I think that's something that we Canadians really like to see in our celebrities. They're people that still refer to themselves as Canadians and they're, you know, they're nice and they, um, and they're grounded and they remember where they came from. 
Um, so Ryan Gosling is this like insanely talented Oscar-nominated actor, uh, an A-list actor, but he also seems quite humble. He does a lot of charity work. He leads a very private life. I was checking out his socials today. He really doesn't have them. He does have a Twitter account. He has not tweeted in about three years. He has 2.1 million followers. So that sounds like a lot, but to put that into perspective, his former Mouseketeer friend, Mr. Justin Timberlake, has like 65 million followers. So, you know, he's just, he's not really putting himself out there. He doesn't have Instagram. Um, so he's just a private guy uh, who, you know, I think is when he's not working, he just wants to be with his, with his family. And I think that makes him really relatable. Uh, his next project is starring in a remake of Wolfman, which I think would be really interesting. Um, other than that, I don't really know what else he has on the horizon. But yeah, that's that's Ryan Gosling. Going to be a tough one. Both born in London, Ontario. Were they both born there? Yeah. It's almost like they should have been together. I think people, <laughs> really, wanted, I think people really wanted to see them. Yeah. So, um, and they're both, they just both seem nice and they're both yeah. really attractive. So they should just, you know. But funnily but, enough. Am I, wrong? am I wrong that he married up with Eva Mendez? Oh, well. Uh, yes. I don't know who that is. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're wrong? wrong. Yeah, I think so. Nah, she's not Rachel. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we Rachel's man. special. I actually paused first man to talk to my husband about Ryan Gosling's look. <laughs> I actually think my husband actually like he kind of has a bit of a Ryan Gosling thing going on. I think so. He does. He so, absolutely. So I paused it and I was like, you know, Ryan Gosling, he's like, he's a very handsome guy, but he's not particularly like striking. I don't think you'd walk past him in the street and do like a double. Yeah, take. I agree. But Eva Mendes, you would. Yeah, I agree. I know that this isn't really what matters when we're talking about our favorite Canadian actors, but this is where my mind is taking me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling sure. like I should have leaned harder into my case for Pamela Anderson on this angle now. I tried you know? to focus on the work. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm Looks mostly. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Also, yeah. fun fact you guys are talking about uh, their adorable love story and how nice they both are. They apparently started off hating each other. Yeah, um, I did read yeah. that. Ooh. They could not work together. They know. did not like each other at all. Yeah, total yeah, fiery chemistry. Oh. Which is and then the sexual like tension exploded. Which is the plot that's of like I every think. love story. Oh, right? I just can't stand yes. him. Yeah. I hate you. I well, love you. Exactly. I hate you. They had to have some interventions or something on the set of Notebook, didn't they? A uh, a counselor had to come in and work with them. What? Really? I, I heard that. Yeah. No, maybe. I heard it got I'm, pretty bad, actually. I don't know about a counselor, but I heard wow. that like they were struggling to work together. Yeah. And I hope they had one of those moments where they were like screaming at each other, and then they stopped, and then both started kissing. Sorry, like, like, <laughs> Yeah. Every single time. You're the most insatiable man I've ever met. Yeah. You are. Are you as turned on as I am? <laughs> <laughs> There's really a lot of passion there because mm -hmm. you would never be able 
to tell. I mean, their their chemistry in Notebook is unbelievable. And yeah, yeah it's whether, really incredible. Whether or not that's your kind of like your type of movie, that's fine. But mm -hmm. both of their performances are fantastic. Keith, you had mentioned. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over no, you. Okay. Keith, Keith, you had mentioned that uh, you you thought my because uh, Rachel McAdams was one of my uh, my tail end picks, mm -hmm. and uh, you had accused me of it being a a uh, a choice of the head. When I rest assured, <laughs> sir, it was the choice of the heart. <laughs> I'm glad you per, said heart. Per Christine's presentation, uh, Rachel McAdams has an it factor where I don't think I will sit here and tell you I have never watched a Rachel McAdams movie that I have really enjoyed. I know she is a superstar. How is that? How is that? She's that good. <laughs> <laughs> I hate your movies, but I love your performance. It's true. That's how I feel. <laughs> I like I liked your performance in True Detective season two. I know a lot of people yeah. weren't a big fan of that. The second season, I enjoyed it, and I thought one of the best parts of it was her performance. Um, I think all mm. the actors were good in it, but hers in particular was really good. Mm. I will say for both of them, but particularly Rachel, they do have, like you said, Christine, like kind of that charm when they're on the screen, like they. Are definitely charismatic individuals. Yeah, yeah. Beyond I 100% believe that for both of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, you can't necessarily just take an attractive face and put them on a screen and find charisma there. Like, yeah. But I do, I really feel like both of them kind of have that, that comes through um, mm -hmm. in their work. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would be shocked if I ran into Rachel McAdams in the street, and I know she's not my nominee from the center. I would be shocked if I ran into her and like said like you know started talking to her and she wasn't nice right like, I would be sure yeah that but no yeah. no because she does she does radiate a certain mm -hmm. Yeah, nice niceness. Yeah, but I but I also feel sort of for both of them that I would like not have much to say to them because they're because they live these more private lives and are not especially right. outspoken on social media and stuff. That mm -hmm. I wouldn't have much more to say other than like I've I've really enjoyed your work. I wouldn't be freaking out. I wouldn't be crying. Like yeah. you know, mm -hmm. just like really enjoyed your work. Please, I don't let me bother you anymore. Yeah, yeah it seems like they, they they shy away from the celebrity thing, so you mm -hmm. just make them uncomfortable and feel bad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just keep thinking of like the two million people following Ryan Gosling on Twitter every day. Like, give her today. Is it today? Is he gonna say it today? Tennis Gosling. If you are one of those, if you are one of those two million people that are waiting for a tweet uh, at Fave Can Pod, might be a nice spot <laughs> to go over. Um, yeah. And if you have not seen fun. Ryan Gosling cracking up on Saturday Night Live, YouTube it. It's very funny. Yeah. It's very funny and very endearing. <laughs> also, if you have not seen Ryan Gosling's memes where he refuses to eat food offered to him, you should check those out on YouTube too. There's <laughs> oh, all these yeah. the dramatic yes. turnaways. It's, yeah. it's a good time. Little tidbit that I wanted to share that is not uh, really about Rachel McAdams herself but is about her like working with Christopher Walken on Red Wedding Crashers and I guess when they were filming that like there's all these dance all this dancing and it gets boring when you're filming right and I guess in order to like keep her smiling through it he would just repeat the word fart over and over <laughs> in a way that only somebody like Christopher Walken I guess is allowed yeah. to do on a film set 
Well, that is going to be Ryan Gosling's next tweet. He's just waiting. It's going to just be that one word. He's just like, is today the – no, not today. <laughs> Five years from now. <gasps> he said it. He said it. That's how they end up getting back together. <laughs> Christ. He had me at fart. <laughs> and moving along. Uh, <laughs> Our, our Usually, I'm the one drawing the line, but I know, I know. <laughs> uh, our, our third, our third face-off tonight is. Oh, uh, I'm. I don't even know what to say about this one, Keith. I'm not ready for you to say I it out loud. I don't even know what to say about this one. This one is tricky, and uh, fortunately, it's we have our our, our feistiest debaters. I think on this <laughs> one. Um, Definitely. So we have, uh, without a doubt, two Canadian institutions. We've got. Uh, in a way, it's Babar against the cat in the hat. Uh, we have, uh, it's going to be a heartbreaker for some, two Canadian institutions. Yeah. Gordon Pinsent, who was uh, one of Heather's original three, and uh, Martin Short, who was, I remember, nominated by somebody named Martin. So it's, <laughs> uh, this is going to be fun. Um, uh, volunteer to go first, Heather or Matt? I'll go because I know Matt's. I'm not going to want to follow Matt. <laughs> All right, Heather. Up you go, buddy. Let's All right. It. Okay. Um, Gordon Pinsent, uh, very dear to my heart. First and foremost, because he is from my hometown. We are from the same hometown. He is actually, this is the classic Newfoundland stereotype, but um, he is actually the nephew, or sorry, the uncle of my mother's best friend. So I have had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Gordon Pinsent, and he was as delightful as you would imagine. Um, okay, so he was born on July 12, 1930. He is going to be 90 this year, which, come on, that should get some votes there. He's been working all these years. Uh, and fun fact, his dad's from Dildo. Just wanted to throw that out there because, you know, we all like to talk about Dildo. Uh, he left Newfoundland in the 1940s, around 17, um, and went to Winnipeg and got involved with Winnipeg Theatre under the instruction of John Hirsch. Uh, he performed in many stage roles and then eventually radio, TV. Um, he was actually involved in the first live radio drama out of Winnipeg. He worked many jobs, including, I found this one interesting, as an Arthur Murray dance instructor. Um, he eventually moved to Toronto and Stratford, performed at the Stratford uh, Theatre Festival there. Um, and then around the 1960s, he moved into TV and film. Now, my description of Gordon Pinson is a little lengthy because I came to realize as I was researching him, the man has had a crazy career. He's had a very lengthy career. Um, we're talking from like the 1940s to now. He's still working. Um, he has a ton of awards and accolades, ton of credits under his belt. Um, and he, I feel like he really appeals to people, um, of a few different generations. He started the forest rangers in the sixties, which I think is fairly popular with our parents. Maybe, um, the Thomas crown affair with Steve McQueen in 1968. He had guest appearances um, on Dan August, Hogan's Heroes, Cannon, Marcus Welby. Then in the 90s, some uh, 
Canadian favorites, Due South, Street Legal, Power Play, Red Green Show, Wind at My Back, Road to Avonlea, and Lonesome Job. Not to mention as the beloved voice of the one and only Babar. So we're talking like quite the career, quite the credits. Um, as far as his awards go, in 1979, he was made an officer of the Order of Canada. In 1998, he was promoted to a companion, the Order of Canada. In 2006, he was made a fellow of the Royal Society of Canada. And on March 6, 2007, he received his star on the Canada Walk of Fame. He has an honorary doctorate from UPEI, Queen's University, Memorial University of Newfoundland, Lakehead University, and the University of Windsor. He has the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal. Don't really know what that is, but sounds important. Uh, the Governor General's Award for Performing Arts in 2004, one of Canada's highest honors in performing arts. He has won three Canadian Screen Awards, three Genie Awards, four Geminis, an Actor Award, a Canadian Film Award, a Banff Television Festival Award of Excellence, and on his 75th birthday, the Arts and Culture Centre in our hometown of Grand Falls, Windsor, was named after him. There is also a street in our hometown named after him. It's the street that McDonald's is on. Gets a lot of traffic. <laughs> it's a good street. That's the most important street. It's a very important street. Amazing. Um, he is also a known writer, director, producer. He has written two memoirs. By the Way was published in 1992. His second one called Next was in 2012. He has written seven screenplays, including The Rowdy Men and John and the Misses, both of which were uh, produced and he directed John and the Misses. Um, his plays include Easy Down Easy, Grass Rubbings, and others. There are more. He's done lots of that stuff. And let me check my notes here. But at the age of 80, I believe, he actually started his foray into music. He, his poems were put to music in a collaboration with the guitarist of the Sadies and one of the members of Blue's Road, Blue Rodeo, who I can't remember his name, but something Keeler, Doug Keeler, something should be in my notes. Anyways, so yeah, he's even gotten into music writing. Fun fact, he was very good friends with Marlon Brando. He actually at one point went to a drive-in movie with Brando and his family. Yeah. Um, as I said, he is the nephew of my mom's friend, which just fun fact. <laughs> um, what else? I just love the guy because he is a Canadian treasure. You do yourself a favor, YouTube him reading from Justin Bieber's memoirs on this hour's 22 minutes. Delightful. Um, he has the most delightful voice of anyone I know. He has done a lot of narration. You'll even hear him on commercials in movies. Uh, he always comes back to Newfoundland. He always, he's gone all the way to the States and done the Hollywood thing. And he said that he didn't really love that life. He could have spent his whole life wasted in auditions for parts he may have never gotten. Or he could have come and done some quality work in Canada. And that was what he did. So... He, yeah, he's had a very lengthy career um, and a very respectable career. 
And, you know, for somebody who came from a small town in Newfoundland to have the career he's had, I mean, if you're from Hamilton, Ontario, like Mr. Martin Short, it's not so hard to just drive over to Toronto and, you know, have a career. But, you know, this guy had to, like, there was a, there was a boat involved with this guy. Like, he took a lot of, there was a lot of traveling. And, you know, he had to really, he's never lost his Newfoundland accent, which you got to love. Um, and he is truly a Canadian darling. Thank you, Heather. Very well said. Matt, we have a little bit on Martin Short. Hello. Yes. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank you, Keith and Christine, for uh, allotting me the privilege of presenting Mr. Martin Short. We should have all been fighting for it. Please allow me to minimize all of you so that I may focus on the task at hand. Here we are in a competition of sorts, a competition we were voting uh, for one Canadian versus another for our favorite Canadian. <clears throat> and, uh, and I love it. And I think it's cool. Um, I'm sorry. What the fuck is Gordon Pinsent? Martin Short is an institution of Canada. Martin Short should have a bye to the final. Martin Short is funnier than Michael Myers, the actor and the slasher. He was born in March of 1950 in Hamilton, which is a shithole. Martin Short is funnier than Jim Carrey. Martin Short is a star of stage, screen, both small and large. I first know of him from SCTV's skit Halfwits, where he played this guy named Lawrence that stared blankly and insanely at Eugene Levy's host. It's remarkable, and I watched it before this uh, recording, and I'm still laughing about it. He is a master of impressions. Again, if we may go back so far as SCTV when he did, uh, where I first saw at least him do uh, Jerry Lewis. Jerry Lewis sings Bob Dylan. Come on. Come on. That is remarkable. His impressions of Tony Randall, Robin Williams, and many more dead actors uh, like Jimmy Stewart or something uh, that we are uh, largely unaware of today are unparalleled. The Three Amigos is a triumph of comedy. Have you seen this movie? The unlikable Chevy Chase cannot sink this film. This is a remarkable piece. All, I, you know what? I'm sitting here before the podcast. I'm trying to watch YouTube clips. I almost just ended up watching all of The Three Amigos. I could kill somebody. Martin Short was the funniest of the three amigos. By the time we get to inner space, I would argue that he is a bona fide Hollywood movie star. SCTV, Saturday Night Live. You know what? I don't personally love, I don't, I don't love his run on Saturday Night Live. It doesn't matter. It wasn't his fault. Saturday Night Live was hot garbage when he was there. I don't hold Martin Short to account for a network television show that is an institution. That is not a young upstart comedian's fault. Ed Grimley, funny, not my favorite character of his. We'll move on. Uh, the dance scene in Inner Space, 
Come on. You remember that? You've seen Inner Space. If you haven't seen Inner Space, stop, pause the podcast, go watch Inner Space. Uh, the dance scene is tremendous. Martin Short at this point is a movie star. Clifford. Clifford is the movie elf, but funny. Clifford is ahead of its time. Clifford probably derailed Martin Short's mainstream movie appeal because of it being slightly ahead of its time. Remember, he's like, Stefan wanted to stand here. Martin Short is funnier than Will Ferrell. Uh, a simple wish is a misguided career choice as far as Martin Short uh, wanting to be in Hollywood movies. Uh, a simple wish, uh, according to what I could find out before this podcast, lost about $20 million. So Martin Short was done as far as, uh, as, far as big Hollywood movies go, uh, at least as far as his face is concerned, because we know he was in Jimmy Neutron. Come on. We know Jimmy Neutron, and we know how successful it was and how Martin Short was a uh, large component of that. Father of the Bride, you know what? Listen, I don't even like the Father of the Bride movies. Uh, you know, I watch them, and I know they're funny. I like Steve Martin. I like Martin Short. Listen, they're just not my thing. I'm not held personally accountable for my personal tastes. I think Jiminy Glick is Martin Short's uh, final blessing to all of us. Uh, it is absurd. It can feel real. It can feel absurdist. It can uh, bring everything together all at once. Uh, it is impossible to dissect a career as prolific and important as Tony Award-winning Martin Short. Uh, and again, Martin Short is the funniest Canadian actor I have ever seen. He is certainly my favorite Canadian actor. And I, I guess that's all I have to say about him. It's uh, it's it's not super well known uh, these days, but are you familiar with his work on the uh, David Steinberg show? No, no. It was pre SCTV. Um, he was on it. John Candy was on it. Um, he played, I think, a lounge singer or uh, something like that. Because he was initially a singer, wasn't he, Matt? Yeah, yeah. He helped with the. He wrote uh, the, some of the songs with the three amigos for the three amigos as well. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up the Three Amigos because I also love that comedy and it gets panned and everyone says how much they they hate it. But I, I had no idea was that was true. I, it's hilarious. I'm well, shocked either, that I, that's yeah. a thing. I didn't know people didn't like that movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a flop. It oh, was. I, I didn't know yeah. that. I'm, yeah. Well, goodness. I love that movie though. It's just I, yeah. It's um. And, and by the way, and, and I don't know if you've heard it or not, Matt. If you guys want to laugh. Uh, get Conan, listen to Conan O'Brien's podcast and the episode where he has Martin Short on is so funny. It's just them two reminiscing and ripping on each other for like an hour. And it's just absolutely hysterical. Oh, I haven't heard it. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, it's really what's good. That com what's that composer character he does? Give me a bouncy G. You know that one? Ah, uh, oh, frig. It's funny stuff. Ah. It's funny you mentioned uh, the Halfwit skit. Because uh, yeah. some of the the most famous SNL skits were the old Jeopardy one, the Celebrity Jeopardies, mm -hmm. with Will Ferrell playing Alex Trebek, That's, and those are yeah. actually almost beat for beat ripoffs of the old SCTV Halfwit skits. If you go back and watch the Halfwits ones and then compare them, and I love those SNL skits, but then when I got to know SCTV, when I became a more a cultured comedy fan, I suppose. Okay. Uh, it kind of like they still hold up with some of the jokes, like Turd Ferguson and stuff. Absolutely. But 
it's the need to see like this giant American institution rip off the lesser known Canadian one. For sure. Did I mention Gordon Pinson was a paratrooper for a couple of years? <laughs> That's really, I would never do that. That's a admirable. That Good for him. Mm. But did he get shrunk down to a, a, a size of an atom and shot into someone's arm? And no, they were shot arm. into he's Martin a, Short. had a lengthy career. Oh, that's right. But yeah, no, yeah. Was they were shot into Martin. Martin. Martin, Short was Martin had the man shot into him. That's right. Which was <laughs> Bill Pullman? No. No. Uh, it was... It's somebody. It's, it's like, it was someone. You know what? It was Gordon Pinson. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, you brought up Clifford. It was a very funny movie. Yeah, I love uh, Clifford. I, I think it was definitely ahead of his time, uh, Dennis Quaid. Uh, but yeah, Clifford was, um, uh, in, in my opinion, just uh, Elf sooner. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of a little bit of Charles Grodin thrown in there. Oh, wonderful! Charles Grodin, underrated. I mean, not to go off topic, but what a funny guy for a serious actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty. I gotta be honest, guys. I I am undecided. I usually in these in this podcast so far, I usually know at the end of the episode who I'm voting for. I don't know because I love well, Gordon Pinson, and there is I am also a huge Eugene O'Neill fan as well. I, I love his work, and I saw this documentary, and Gordon Pinson's in this documentary, and they keep going back to Gordon Pinson, who, who just is doing these monologues, just absolutely killing it. Mm-hmm. If you want a lesson in acting, Google or search on YouTube Gordon Pinson, Eugene O'Neill monologue. I mean, he's yeah. just and he's just like being interviewed, asking him, asking, you know, what he thinks of these plays, and he's just nailing this stuff it was incredible he's a very good actor definitely like oh he's amazing yeah and he does oh and i also found out in my research he got a shout out on modern family which i saw the clip of it was adorable yes uh they have i forget the character's names but um the son and his partner and their daughter they have tenants who live upstairs or like they have a and b or whatever upstairs and they're canadian and they come down, and she's like, "It's so nice. It's so fancy. I just keep expecting to see Gordon Pinson around the corner." <laughs> of course, nobody gets the reference. Cameron, what? Who, what did he win the Oscar for? Who? Oh. Gordon Pinson. He didn't. I he did. I, I don't think he won. An I thought. Oscar. He, I thought he won a few years ago, and it was like no, one of the. He was nominated for Away from Her with. Uh, oh. I believe Sarah Pauly may have directed that one. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. But oh, no. Okay. I, um, don't don't sleep on the three fugitives starring Martin Short and Nick Nolte. Oh yeah, I did. Sleep oh, on. I loved that movie. Don't forget it; it's fantastic. Hey, hey, and if you're in for a good time, Martin Short and Danny Glover also available in a separate movie. Yeah, pure very luck. good. Were they? Pure what luck was it called? Pure, pure luck. luck. Pure luck. So yes. funny. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, but you know what, Martin Short is not. Babar. <laughs> <laughs> gonna throw that out there it's too bad because this feels like a matchup that should be down the line like it feels like Mm -hmm. martin and gordon absolutely should you know should stick around for a while um it's this is a tough one because i love gordon pinson like Mm. like yeah he's just you he's the you want to hug him yeah you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
He's um, like Canada's go, sweetheart. Goodbye. He's Canada's. <laughs> well, and and it's it's the reality of the randomize, and it's 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 a shame that some of these like uh, I'm I'm dreading a couple episodes time. Matt and I have to go toe to toe with Donald Sutherland and Eugene Levy. Yeah. It breaks me breaks me mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> like these ones are uh, these ones are, are are main events anywhere in the country, as they say in the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But some of that's why the, the, the wild card is there, because people who join us late will have the opportunity to, right. you know. And there can only be one at the end anyway, so they all got to go at some time. Christopher Lambert is not in the contest. It's not. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, at this part of the, uh, this is the part of the episode where things get uh, get really fun sometimes. I'm going to go through everyone and uh, and ask them. Where their hearts lie right now. So uh, let's start with Lauren Green and Pamela Anderson. Mark, I assume you're going for Pammy Sue. Well, you know, got to wrap my girl. Yeah. Stay in my corner. I can't turn turn on her now. Yeah, Heather. Uh, Lauren Green. I have not seen one episode of Bonanza in my entire life, but I am voting for Lauren Green. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mr. Dan. Mr. Green, for sure, for sure. Matt. Uh, Lauren Green is completely irrelevant. Pamela Anderson is obviously <laughs> fucking the it factor here. Come on. Mm. She is still around. We're still talking about her. And we have to remind people who Lauren Green is. Christine. I got to go with Lauren Green, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Melanie. I'm, I'm going to have to go with Pam Anderson. Uh, I as well. We're more split than I thought. That's a mm-hmm. I know. I know I'm in the minority here, but Battlestar Galactica is just not my thing. <laughs> um, so not that stacked was. Oh God, I can't. I- She's sort of in on, like, in on the joke, right? Like yeah. you said, like she, she sort of, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I like that. I think there's, I think there's something pretty great about that. So sure, Pam Anderson. And Keith, for me, you? for me, at it's going to be a game time decision, to be perfectly honest. But right now, I'm leaning towards Lauren Green. But uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tight. And and reason being is is Pamela Anderson's uh, her early early work. And her later work, um, the stuff in the middle is of no interest to me beyond just being a, a, a red-blooded male. Um, but her self-awareness and her, uh, and her self-parody is fun stuff these days. However, Lauren Green was just too much of an institution in my childhood home. Not for Galactica, but for Bonanza and uh, New Wilderness. So that's where I'm leaning right now. Into the second one, Gosling versus McAdams. Uh, where are we sitting, Mark? It's a tough one. They're both super likable. And uh, I think I like Rachel just a little bit more, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. She seems, uh, you know, Ryan's had a couple of not-so-hot films, uh, more so than her. She seems to pick her, her roles a little better. So I think... I think she's got a little more it factor personally. So I gotta go for her. Liz McAdams. Oh, sorry. Ooh, this one's a tough one for me. Um, I think I think I'm gonna go with Gosling. I just 
I really like them both. I just feel like I'm a little more familiar with his work. He makes me giggle from time to time. And I just, <laughs> I just think he's charming. But then again, so is she. It's a tough one. Damn. Uh, McAdams. Uh, it was that was where I was going into uh, the debate thinking, and I'm coming out with that as well. Uh, I just loved her in True Detective. I I thought mm-hmm. that was a really great performance, and every time I see her in something, I enjoy it. And Ryan Gosling, he's he's a pretty good actor, but I don't think he's in the same uh, echelon as her. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I am 40. I will happily use hottie to describe Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and, uh, but I mean, my vote is for Rachel McAdams, who elevates everything she's in, even if it's something I'm not interested in, which is everything she's in. <laughs> Christine, I know yeah. you... Uh... Yeah, you, can you drop know. the advocate part, and uh, where is your heart now? No, I, I'm I'm leaning for sure towards Rachel McAdams, but I like I there are so many similarities I I feel between the two of them and and some of their qualities in terms of their performance that I would I would also easily vote for Ryan. So, and Melanie, has Christine changed your mind? Yeah, no, I I I'm still I'm. Um... I love Rachel McAdams. I really do. I just, I really like Ryan Gosling and not just because I think he's um, an approachably attractive male. Um, (laughs) Approachably attractive male. Yeah. Like, you know. Not uncomfortably Um, attractive, but. (laughs) Not intimidating. Yeah. (laughs) But I do, I really do think he is a, uh, I think he's a great, great actor. I really, really do. Um, Yeah. I don't know. And I just, I, I think he's so versatile. So I look, I, he's like one of these names that if I know he's in something, I, I'm really interested in watching it mm. because I like him. Um, and that's not to say that he, you know, doesn't like, he doesn't, he hasn't made some decisions that maybe weren't, you know, the greatest, but I do think that he is a wonderful actor and he can draw an audience. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Ryan. <laughs> For me, um, it's a tough one. Neither is on my top 10 of Canadian actors at all, not even close, maybe not even top 20. Um, but for two people that, that started working after the 70s, <laughs> they're both pretty good. <laughs> um, I, I'm leaning more towards Rachel McAdams because she is consistently better and consistently making better choices, I think, for her. Um. Gosling at his best is probably better than McAdams, but there's something to be said for consistency on that one for me. And and I'm basing that purely on um, what I have seen, which by now you guys should know where my interests lie, and it's uh, firmly pre-21st century. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, uh, the two of them are are, are impressive performers to me. I, I like both of them. Number three. Don't make us pick. Where? Okay, you don't have to. <laughs> but where are you leaning? All right, well. people, come on. All right, Mark. I would say if it came down to, you know, who I wanted to have a cup of tea with on a Sunday afternoon, Gordon Pinson all the way. But when it comes to being entertained, I got to give it to Martin Short. Uh, you know, growing up on the SCTV and, you know, Inner Space, Three Amigos, 
he's just closer to my heart, even though they're both pretty deep in there. There's like a warm, fuzzy feeling for Gordon Pinsent, but it skips a beat a little when I see Martin Short. So I got to oh, yeah. lean, lean towards him. Heather, no change in your mind? No, I'm going with the length and breadth of Gordon Pinsent's work. Come on, guys. He's 90 years old this year. Mm-hmm. He's been acting since he was 17 successfully. That's not an easy thing to do in this country mm-hmm. when you're from Newfoundland. Sure. Grand Falls Windsor. Yeah. When you have to take a boat. <laughs> Gotta take a boat. Boats are hard. Damn. Uh, oh, God. I mean, they both struggled so much because, you know, using boats from Newfoundland and being from Hamilton. Which, <laughs> Hamilton's a train ride from Toronto. Come on, it's, people. It's tough. Um, but... I would have to also right now. I I would have to say Gordon Pinson as well. Um, as I had mentioned earlier, I, I watched that Eugene O'Neill documentary a couple of times, and Gordon Pinson is such an amazing actor. But um, I, my opinion could change by the time I go to vote, though, because I love Marjorie. Matt, any last minute shots? <laughs> <laughs> Of course you should vote for Martin Short. Vote for Martin Short. Your mother won't mind at all if you do. <laughs> oh, uh, Christine? Yeah. I, uh, oh, I, I was so pro Gordon Pinsent coming into this, and I think that's still where I'm leaning, but I probably will flip-flop, like, until I actually vote. But but I, I will say, Matt, you made some good arguments, and I might be l- leaning a little more towards Martin Short than I would have been at the beginning of today. So, and Melanie, this is this is really tough because I love Gordon Pinson. Um, like I said, he's somebody you want to hug. He's Canada's grandfather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I do think. As much as Canadians like to celebrate celebrities who are like nice and humble and down to earth, we love our funny people. We do. And I, mm-hmm. We like to be like he's one of he's one of ours, you know. So when I think of Martin Short and Gordon Pinsent and who you know would who would you want to advertise as one of us? short a little bit i don't know we have enough funny people come on (laughs) i'm gonna have to to think i'm gonna have to think about it but i also feel like voting for martin short would make me also really sad because i don't want to hurt mr pinson's feelings you know do you know how good an actor martin short is martin short has never tried to make you cry if you understand how much you would cry if Martin Short tried to make you cry, you would be broken as a person. He is the best. Time will tell. This one is, uh, for me, this one is is, is very on the fence, and uh, I really wish I could abstain, but that's just not fair. Um, the reality is, is, I mean, even, you know, I, I have friends who have worked with both and speak very highly of both. Um, as human beings as well. For me, you can't argue with the the breadth of the career of Gordon Pinsent. Um, however, on the flip side, when it comes right down to it, I, I am more familiar with Martin Short's work. Um, 
I'd love to say I've seen every national film board thing that, that Gordon Pinson has done over the years. I haven't. Um, he's quite good. And honestly, when Martin Short is, is, is bad, he is terrible. Um, his stuff in Arrested Development is quite possibly the worst in the whole series. Um, however, I think if I had to vote right now, and I'm not saying it won't change, I would lean towards Martin Short. Um, even though when I announced to people that this was going to be a thing, everybody over 50 I spoke to said, oh, Gordon Pitt got back. Um, and I think a lot of them are thinking it depends how much you want to capitalize Canadian. How important is it to you that this man stayed and his career was here? And he went to the States when he wanted to. We so often talk about actors who are big in the States, your Seth Rogans, your Jay Baruchels, even Donald Sutherland, who sometimes slip back over the border and get a chance to do something in Canada. Well, Gordon Pinson is the complete opposite of that. He has spent his whole life in Canada and went to the States when he felt like it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this I didn't is realize trick. we were going to punish Martin Short for being successful, but that's an interesting. No, no, no. Thing, nevertheless. <laughs> yeah, no, to, to be fair, not. I, I don't, I disagree. Successful with that or point. traitor? Hmm. I disagree with that <laughs> point because, like, if someone goes to the states and they and they make it in the states, we're all like, well, they hang out in Canada. I mean, there's om- only so many goddamn roles on Anna Green Gables, you know what I mean? And they only yeah. they, you know shoot the the TV series every five years. And no one else, like, I mean, we've already talked. Yeah, about... Yeah, but that's why Gordon Pinson wrote his own there's, stuff. He's he's written yeah. plays. He's this written, this he's, isn't music. I, this isn't saying, music. These guys are trying to be in movies. They're they want to yeah. be actors. This yeah, isn't so you know. He, this is not Bruce Coburn. You can't pluck a guitar in Ontario and still be created, somebody. You got to be an actor. You got to go somewhere. You got to be a star. Martin Short is a star. Yeah. <laughs> you, know um, what? you know what? Fuck it, Matt. You won me over. I'm voting for Short. Screw you! <laughs> I, I, honestly, sorry, Mister Pinson, but this man's passion is just—it's contagious. Mm. I, I honestly think that um, as far as, you know, guessing on, on our, 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 our voters, many of whom aren't listeners, they just see the poll and, and vote. Um, mm-hmm. I do think Martin Short would be the underdog in this one. Um, Who to thunk what Raymond Burr, other than perhaps me. Um, <laughs> Martin yeah. Short is hilarious. I love Martin Short, but Martin Short is often Martin Short. Gordon Pinson is whoever you want him to be. Oh, I'll be honest. I've never been. There's so many I've people never I have been to explain anything. who Gordon Pinson is. It's frustrating to me. What but all you have to do is role. throw them up. No, no, I, I understand. I'm just like, I'm well, asking for my own edification. What is the 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 defining? How do I share Gordon Pinson's work? With do you get that asked this often that it's that to. annoying for you? You don't. Yeah, my. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but I would like an answer to the question, nevertheless. You have a Gordon, like a like a Gordon Pinson tattoo on your shoulder that you got in college one night. Who's that? It's Gordon Pinson. Who's that? Voice of Barber. I think you just let people hear his voice, and they will be like, "Oh, that guy." Okay, I totally know that guy. There is a there is a quality, and there is it, it is something of a of a of a Canadian X factor to Pinson. Um, but it is, he's avuncular. He is our, 
He is the country's uncle slash great uncle. I don't mind being um, the podcast bad guy. Gordon Pinsent is irrelevant to today's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were asked, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, Gordon Pinsent is irrelevant. <laughs> How many well, Twitter followers does he have? <laughs> no, to, to be fair, to be fair, to many of our generation and below, Gordon Pinson is far more relevant than than uh, than than Martin, probably than any other nominees, save perhaps uh, Lauren Green. Um, that being said, though, to those who, for example, Heather is very passionate about uh, Gordon Pinson. My member, there's members of my family that will vote for Gordon Pinson the whole way through. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I'll be defending Ger- Bruno Gerusi down the line, and much of what Heather said, I'll be I'll be regurgitating to be <laughs> honest. <with you. laughs> so, yeah, there you is know. there is a Gordon Pinsent on Twitter. Um, <laughs> How many followers? Is it the or a? He joined in April. Yeah, it's A. Gordon Pinson. It is his picture. Uh, he joined in April of 2015. 1946. <laughs> <laughs> he has not tweeted. He has 81 followers. It's probably really him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, right. 81 followers <laughs> without any content. for the arts in Grand Falls, Windsor, Newfoundland, and Labrador. Has 427 followers. Thank you very much. Mm. Um. Gordon Pinson, <laughs> he's almost like a—he's almost like a Gordon Lightfoot in, in a sense. I, I mean, I—I I always thought if we ever did a a live show, it would have to be who is Canada's favorite Gord. <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. Yes, Pinson, How Downey, uh, Gordy Howe, Downey, and I would uh, love Lightfoot. that. Actually, can we just do oh, that uh, as a special episode one day? Also, well, I, I hope- didn't—I didn't realize this until I was doing the research. Leah Pinson. Who this I would dumb. not, yeah, I would not have known her by name, but as soon as I saw her picture, I was like, oh wow. She's equally not equally. I mean, she hasn't been around since since God was a little fella, but she's uh, she's quite prolific as well, mm-hmm. um, and also a, a complete pleasure I've heard. So yeah, yeah. So voting for this one will actually be up until uh, the sixth of July. Um, things got passionate in our little Zoom room tonight. Um, and it, it had nothing. It had nothing to do with all the hotties on the list. Um, <laughs> it was a very attractive setup today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of love for these people. Um, and you can vote through Facebook. It's uh, Facebook.com/slash/favecanpod, and uh, at Twitter, it'll be at favecanpod. Uh, the Twitter, for me, any Twitter polls are kind of wonky these days. Um, last time it it, it I don't know if it's how I put it on or whatever, but the poll ended. Then I had to start a new one with the old results tacked in, but I'm figuring that one out. Facebook's pretty, uh, pretty easy. Um, and if there's uh, if any of you are as half as passionate of your, uh, of these nominees as our panel is, um, you're going to want to share this around and uh, get people listening. We're having fun doing it and we're going to keep going anyway. If it's just the six of us listening. But uh, <laughs> we sure love the love. 
Any final thoughts not pertaining to any of our nominees? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would just like to say hey, uh, that I, I think this is awesome and I really appreciate you guys having me and I wanted to thank you both very much. Oh, thank you, Matt. And, Sucking uh, up is not going to get them to vote for Martin Short. <laughs> uh, I don't need anybody to vote <laughs> for Martin Short. And anybody that doesn't vote for Martin Short is being just a big silly. <laughs> Our next episode will be available early mid-July. Um, hard to believe we're talking about July already. And it's going to be uh, Mike Myers versus Norm MacDonald. And that's uh, Matt is uh, defending Norm. And Dan is defending Mike Myers. Is that correct? Yep. A battle of Saturday Night Live going on there. And uh, the next one after that is going to be quite interesting as it's a contrast in careers in a sense. Um, Heather will be defending Dan Aykroyd and Mark will be defending Peter Cullen. So this mm. is going to be an interesting one. And our third face off that night will be Christine with Matthew Perry against Melanie again with Nev Campbell. It's a party of five versus uh, friends of six. I was going to make that joke. <laughs> I had one shot. It wasn't fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all. Uh, this was great, and I really enjoyed everybody's perform. Or uh, I really enjoyed everyone's presentations this evening. And wherever you are, whenever you are, thanks for listening. Now do uh, it as Gord Pinson doing an impression of Martin Short. Yeah, there you go. Do it as Fabla. Do it as Martin Short doing an impression of Gordon Pinson. Wherever you are, whenever you are. Good